Hey friends, welcome back. Y'all, I am so excited over here. I've been working really hard through a course that has opened my eyes to so many different things. I just wanted to get our content and our community into the hearts of those that need to hear it. I've been doing research marketing in search of what my people are struggling with, I'm researching keywords and SEO, all the things, and I've just been learning so much, which is my jam. <laughs> I'm, I'm such a nerd, y'all. But I'm excited to announce that there is some rebranding coming soon. Um, don't worry, the core message and content won't change. Just some new cover art and new content in the Facebook community so that I can really reach my followers. But I just want to say that I appreciate you. Y'all are awesome, but stick around to see some of the changes that are coming soon. But moving past that, today we're going to talk about leading our children to Christ. Maybe you have children of your own. Maybe you have grandchildren or nieces or nephews. Maybe you're a school teacher or a Sunday school teacher. If you find yourself in either one of these scenarios, there's a takeaway for you here today. I'm going to give you six ways that you can lead your children to Christ, and the most important way may surprise you. So get comfortable, pray that God will open your heart and your mind to the message that He would have you receive today, and let's jump in. Are you going through a difficult time? Are you experiencing a season of life that has tested your faith? Hey sister, I'm Rachel Williams and I'm right there with you. I've walked through divorce, single parenting, and in December of 2021, I was diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer. I know what it means to feel lost, scared, and defeated. But the good news is that I know that God uses all things for good for those who love Him. I know that He has a plan for me of hope in the future. I want to pass that faith-based confidence on to you. So welcome to your new safe place. Enter into a community where you can be comfortable as we dig into biblical truths and discover hope for encouragement in your life. Because I believe that you are capable of powering through this season with tangible and actionable tools to rely on when you begin to feel hopeless. I'm here today to tell you, friend, that you can walk in godly freedom even when it's hard. It begins with uncovering God's promises in your life and arming yourself with God's truth so that you can conquer whatever hardships that you encounter. I'm here to guide you through the valley so that you can really live in truth and light. Let's shift our mindset from victim to victorious because we are warriors. So come fight with me, sister. Grab some coffee and let's do this. Parents, we often feel like we are struggling in the parenting department. I know I do. We are in a constant battle with the world and with the enemy because, believe me, he desires nothing more than the hearts of our children. We often fear that we aren't doing enough or we're doing it all wrong. And I'm right here with you. You have the world telling you that this way is okay. It's normal. It's just the way that society has conformed. And sadly, the shock factor is completely gone these days. Now, before we go any further, I am not here claiming to be a perfect parent. I am far from it. I struggle every day, and I'm sure there are things that I'm doing wrong. But I am persistent and intentional in my desire to do it well and to do it in a way that is pleasing to the Lord. And I believe that's all He asks of us, honestly. Our ultimate goal in parenting should be one thing to lead our children to Christ, to instill in them a desire to walk in constant pursuit of Jesus and His will over their lives. If we succeed in this one thing, 
I believe that everything else we dream of for our children will fall into place. I believe that we overthink leading our children to Christ. We feel like it's this big formal thing with big words that has to be in a special place and it's one big moment and boom, they're saved. But I don't think that's how it works. I think our advancement of our children towards Christ happens in the little seemingly insignificant moments of every day. I believe it is by these everyday habits that we make the biggest kingdom impact on the lives of our little ones. I'm going to give you six steps to follow in your everyday lives to lead your children toward Christ. The first one is read together. Now, of course, the teacher is going to pick this one first, but thousands upon thousands of scientific research-based studies will prove that reading to your children, even beginning at a very early age, has significant effect on many aspects of their lives, especially academically. We really begin to see large achievement gaps in children that come from a home where books are not read, or for some, books aren't even present in the home. Um, But for our purposes, it goes a bit deeper than this. I love a good educational book, teaching shapes and colors and, and social emotional skills. All of those make this teacher heart happy. But we need to be reading God's truth into their lives at a very early age as well. There are so many wonderful children's Bibles available that really teach the basics on a level that they can understand. I will link several of my favorites in the show notes, but even before you think children can understand, they understand. And I can't tell you how important it is in the, in the spiritual life of your child that you breathe God's word and start pouring into them at an early age. By doing this, we are getting a head start on the armor that they will need when they get older to defend against the enemy. We must be so filled with God's truth that when something unexpected happens, it's what comes out of us without us even trying. Fill their minds and fill their hearts with the word at an early age. The second one is sing together. Now listen, I can't sing, but my little boy thinks I can. From a very young age when my children were upset or just couldn't settle down, maybe to go to sleep, I would sing Jesus Loves Me to them. It's my firm belief that this is teaching them so many things through repetition. They learn that that is what we do in times of distress. It is also a reminder in times of trouble that Jesus loves you. How many of us as adults could benefit from stopping everything when we get upset or overwhelmed or just in a tough spot and recite the words to Jesus loves me? It's a powerful affirmation, simplified, but so, so true and so applicable to any age. Jesus loves me. Not this I think or this my mama told me. It's this I know. And my teacher self says, cite your evidence. So I know this because the Bible tells me so. Over and over in the Bible, it tells us that Jesus loves us. Psalm 63.3 says, My lips praise you because your faithful love is better than life itself. Isaiah 54.10 says, The mountains may shift and the hills may be shaken, but my faithful love won't shift from you, and my covenant of peace won't be shaken, says the Lord. And of course, the ever-faithful John 3.16, God so loved the world that He gave His only Son so that everyone who believes in Him won't perish but have eternal life. There is no love greater than that. It also reminds us that we are His And it is through our weakness that we find strength in Him. 
He's stronger and he's bigger and he's more powerful than anything in this world that we may face. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. But it doesn't have to be this song in particular. Another one of my favorites is called Who You Say I Am. This one makes me tear up just thinking about it. It's probably one of my all-time favorite songs, but I literally pray this over my children every day. And my heartfelt desire is that my teenage girls live this song, have it buried so deep in their soul that it just fills their minds and hearts when they need it. When the world is telling them that they are less than, they're not pretty enough, not smart enough, they know without a shadow of a doubt that they are a child of God. Who the Son sets free is free indeed. I am chosen. I'm not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. I think I could do an entire episode just on this one song, but it's so important for children to be filled with truth so that that is what they cling to in times of trouble. It is true that we are what we fill our minds with, whether it be the music we listen to, the things that we watch on TV, the things that we read, the people that we communicate with. All of those things affect us. It could be positively or negatively. That's why we have to be careful and intentional in our choices. I am not perfect here either. I love a song with a good beat and an action-packed movie and TV show, but overall, it's my goal for my children to have truth in their hearts to carry with them wherever they go. The third step in life situation that we can use for ministry is when they're scared. As small children, they often wake up in the middle of the night because they had a bad dream or they think they heard something outside their window or, in my middle child's case, afraid that Santa Claus is going to come inside our house on Christmas Eve. Y'all, my sweet Molly used to cry every single Christmas Eve because she was terrified of Santa Claus. I used to have to call him on the phone every year and ask him to put their presents outside so that we could bring them inside. I get it, y'all. I do. Every other night of the year, we lock our doors and we say, stranger danger. But this one night a year, we let this jolly fat man come into our house and eat our food. I mean, be honest. It contradicts everything we stand for and everything we teach. That, too, is another podcast episode. But my point being, kids get scared. And these are prime teaching and stewarding moments for us as a parent. So do you tell them, it's fine. Go to sleep. I mean, you might. I think I think we've all had moments like these, but on a good night, don't waste this opportunity. Could you read them a Bible verse that explains that God is in control and that He will keep us safe? Could you tell Him that He's bigger and more powerful than any monster that their little minds can create? Can you pray with them and show them that the best thing to do when fear creeps in is to pray to the Lord and to find their strength in Him? All of these little teaching moments plant the seeds and create habits that will create little warriors for the Lord that grow into mighty warrior adults. The fourth opportunity to lead them to Christ is when you discipline them. I don't know about you, but discipline is one of the most difficult things to navigate for me. You want to lead with love and build trust, but you have to set boundaries and have expectations and consequences. It's a very fine line, especially with teenage totters. You want them to feel like they can come to you with anything, but at the same time, you have to enforce those boundaries. So it's just hard. This is actually the basis of an entire podcast brand that I have I have several friends in the course that I'm taking who tackle these issues in their podcast that you can tune into. 
One of these is called Raise Her Confidently with Jeannie Baldomero. I probably just said her name wrong, but it is a great one about open communication with teenage daughters. So if you find yourself in this season, I encourage you to check her out. But in keeping things very surface level and basic for the purpose of this episode, let's just talk about a few key points. The first is probably the hardest for me. It's try really hard not to raise your voice. I know that sometimes I feel that my little gremlins don't hear me at all until I raise my voice, but there are ways to effectively change the tone of your voice to show urgency without yelling. It is in our reaction to stressful situations that we are able to demonstrate grace. It's so important that we demonstrate qualities that are like Jesus when we're communicating with our children. Show them grace. Understand that they are children. They are born with a sin nature, and it is our job to show them the way. And once you have gotten past an issue, don't continue to bring it up over and over. In any relationship in your life, it's important to remember the well-known verse in 1 Corinthians. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. There are so many different little nuggets that we could pull out of this verse when it comes to parenting, but I'll just leave it at that. Okay? Exercise patience with your children. As hard as that is sometimes, especially if you have a job like mine, I'm showing patience to 40 children all day. So often when I get home, I'm all out of it. But but this is such a key component, I believe. Love is kind. Try to only use uplifting words rather than saying, why would you do something like that? Or what's wrong with you? Instead, speak to them in uplifting ways. Like, let's talk about a different way that you could have handled this. Then explain in words that they understand the reason why their behavior is not acceptable. There are always reasons behind rules that children may not understand without your guidance. Help them to see why these rules have been set for them. And also explain to them the way that Jesus asked us to live. But you know that they will mess up sometimes, and that's okay. There are also underlining causes of misbehavior. Um, As a teacher, I like to think of behavior as a symptom. By just punishing the behavior, it's like treating the symptom and not really getting to the cause. It's like putting a Band-Aid on it but it's not really curing the deficiency. Try to talk to your children and see if there's something bigger going on that is bringing about these behaviors. This will not only remedy the behavior issue, but also grow a closer connection and open up that line of communication between you and your child. The fifth step is when they are hurting. Oh, this one's hard for me too. I mean, let's be honest, they are all hard for me, but especially in the stage that I am with my daughters, When your child is hurting, you as a mom truly hurt too. And there's probably nothing that we wouldn't do to keep our children from hurting, but we can't take it from them. So we have to have strategies in place to address the hurt when it happens. One thing that you can always share with them is that we can be sure that our God is always working everything out for good. Sometimes even when it's hard and we don't see how it can turn out to be good, we have to believe and trust that God has a plan for us and is always for us, not against us. When we suffer, He comforts us and gives us peace. He can use our hurt to refine and to teach us. This is also a good time to talk to them about forgiveness. If they've been hurt by someone else, for smaller children, just explain to them that you understand that they feel upset, but that we can pray 
when we feel upset. God says that He is always here for us and that He loves us so much. Okay, now it's time for number six, what I believe to be the biggest way that you can lead them to Christ, friends. It may not be what you expect. It's not in what you say to them or the things that you do when you know you have their attention. The biggest impact that you can have on their little lives and advancing His kingdom is is found in what they see you do. It's when you think that they aren't even paying attention where the real magic happens. What do they see you do when you get scared? What do they see you do when you get angry? What do they see you do in your spare time? What do you read? What music do you listen to? Do you use words to build others up? Even more importantly, do you use words to build yourself up? Negative self-talk is contagious, girls. They learn from the ways that you speak to yourself, and they mimic this behavior. Do you teach them to see themselves the way God sees them, as a likeness of Him, made in His image, fearfully and wonderfully made? As a woman, I know we can be so hard on ourselves, especially in today's culture. I'm so guilty, and this is something that I definitely need to work on. I'm not saying to teach your children to be conceited and prideful, but being completely content in the way that God made you is a lesson to be treasured and one that we want to pass down to our children. The enemy is hard at work every day. The Bible says that He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. It is up to us as parents, as mamas, to fight for them. We have to fight for their souls every single day. We have to arm them in the Word of God so that they are filled with truth and light. Because Jesus says in the book of John that I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. He is the one that suffered a painful death just so we didn't have to pay for the sins of this world. He is the one that was resurrected by the power of the Holy Spirit, which is the same Spirit that lives in us and makes us strong. When you forget who you are and whose you are, I encourage you to find Priscilla Schreier's Who's Your Daddy sermon on YouTube. She is one of the most powerful servants of Jesus, and if that doesn't light you up, not much can. Psalm 511 says, But let all who take refuge in you celebrate. Let them sing out loud forever. Protect them so that they all who love your name can rejoice in you because you, Lord, bless the righteous. You cover them with favor like a shield. So I leave this with you today, friends. Take heart. Jesus has overcome the world. He is one, but we still have to fight the daily battles. We just need to make sure that we have taken up the armor of God so that we can fight for our babies. And there doesn't need to be some divine intervention or formal setting to lead your children to Christ. Just lead them by example. I have faith in all of you, and I'm praying for you. Dear Lord, we come to you today with gratitude that you died for our sins, that you live in our hearts. We pray fervently, Lord, that you will guard the hearts and the minds of our children. We know the world we live in today, and Satan is steadily trying to gain their souls. But we trust in you, Father, and with your help, we can raise them to be little warriors for your kingdom. Forgive us when we fall short. Forgive us when we fail. But grant us the endurance to pick up the next day and faithfully push forward. Be with all of those who are hurting, who are sick, who need you to breathe new life into them, Father. It is in your precious name we pray. Amen. As always, friends, I'm so glad that you could join us today. I pray that this has blessed you in some way and stretched you just a little. Join back next week, same place, same time, as we discuss battling negative thoughts. Till then, keep up the good fight, sister. See you soon.
thank you so much, friend, for joining us today. Again, please join our Facebook community and let me know how I can pray for you. Also, if you could give our podcast a review, I would so much appreciate that. And tune in every Wednesday for inspiration and encouragement as we work together to overcome challenges. Be an intentional, sister, in your pursuit of Jesus, even in the valley, so that when others see you, they'll know she is a warrior.